As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Beyond the Paint with Bernadine, a show that engages you with female artists through works that expose the astonishing beauty of women's inner lives. My hope is to introduce you to a part of the art world you may never have known. And together, we will give these women, makers, and artists a voice and set them in their rightful place in the canon of art. If you enjoy this series, please take a moment to subscribe. Is there a woman artist you would like to see exposed on this podcast? If yes, I would love to hear from you. Email me at bernadine at beyondthepaint.net. Thank you. And welcome to episode 115 Nanu Burks, a female pioneer in crypto art movement. This episode will explore the works by contemporary artist Nanu Burks, a quote, multidimensional artist with a background in communication, healing arts, social tech, and AI. It will also dive into an area of the art world until now I have never personally stepped into the NFT, a non-fungible token, a class of the cryptocurrency asset. For those of you who are unfamiliar with NFT, allow me a few moments to break it down for you. Special thanks to the writings of James Royal, Kevin Voigt, and Ali Leach. They were very helpful in my research in this area. Cryptocurrency is a form of payment that can be exchanged online for goods and services or traded for profit. It is a type of currency which uses digital files as money. They work using a technology called blockchain. Blockchain is a decentralized technology spread across many computers that manages and records transactions. There are more than 6,700 different cryptocurrencies traded publicly. The largest is Bitcoin, NFT, non-fungible tokens are digital assets. They are unique and cannot be replaced with something else. So no two NFTs are identical. So for example, a Bitcoin is fungible. You can trade one Bitcoin for another Bitcoin and you'll have exactly the same thing. Dollars and coins are fungible. They can be exchanged for one another and are worth the same value. NFTs can really be anything digital such as drawings, music, 
but a lot of the current excitement is around using the tech to sell digital art. It is fine art collecting only digitally. They are designed to give you something that can't be copied, ownership of the work. So for example, anyone can buy a Monet print, but only one person can own the original. The difference between an original Monet painting and an NFT creation, the Monet painting is a physical object. With NFT, the artwork is in digital form, is literally as good as the original. The actual NFT is a digital token that points to a photo or video. Artists who sell artwork in digital form directly to a global audience of buyers and collectors without using an auction house or gallery allows them to keep a significantly greater portion of the profits they make from sales. As a buyer or collector, there is another avenue to support artists. Like all assets, supply and demand are the key market drivers for price. So another way to think about an NFT is digitalized music or streaming platforms like iTunes. For artists like Nanu, you can create and sell works that they're otherwise might not be much of a market for, especially through traditional avenues like the art auction or gallery system. So let's journey through one of her works from 2017. It's titled Hickory. It is acrylic and ink on hickory wood that was, quote, rescued and upcycled. And I'm going to take you through from its inception to the physical object, a painting titled Hickory, and it is in the possession of someone's collection to its digitized animated version or NFT. And I chose this painting amongst a series of prolific works because it just really captured my attention. So even before I put in words, the elements and objects that make up or compose the work, when I first set my eyes on it, visually, I flow through a river of objects. The composition from top of the canvas to the bottom are waves of horizontal stripes. Each stripe, one is cream colored, or there's a dark blue one, a deep crimson red, is articulated with these sweeping brush strokes atop the dominant color. It creates this rhythm like a river. Atop the stripes are a fantastical sea of objects all throughout the work. Some are familiar, like a cluster of planets. I recognize Jupiter by its yellow ring. There's a solitary tooth with wings and a halo. I learned from Nanu's Instagram. She calls it holy molar. There are sequences of numbers and letters that I cannot decipher. One of the dominant objects is a profile of a wolf's head. He is so noble larger in scale to the other objects. His ears are pointed forward, his snout shut. A fury of blue lines make up his fur. At the bottom of the canvas is an alien-shaped head of a man. His eyes are closed with distinctive long lashes. A third eye, smack in the middle of his forehead, gazes directly at me. To the right of the man's head is a bare tree with his spindly skeletal branches. There's another similar tree isolated in this clear glass globe shape. 
and it's resting at the base of the wolf's throat. The scale of the individual object varies. There is a set of full lips, painted green, exposing a row of top teeth. Tentacles extend from the bottom lip, reminds me of an octopus. Throughout the painting, the objects are somewhat connected by these thick vines, green, blue, pinks. Some of them appear like piping and others seemingly writhe through the composition. Hickory, the work is a surreal place, vibrant in its colors, inhabited by objects in nature like the wolf, the trees, planets, the familiar juxtaposed with the nonsensical. Daniel shared with me that the work Hickory was commissioned by a collector, quote, who saw me live painting. I spoke with him on the phone for half an hour and painted this as a channeled piece for him, unquote. So let's think about the process of channeling. The artist engages with her spirit. It is her guide across the canvas. That inner, untangible voice that transposes the color, the shapes, the forms onto the canvas. Now, one notable female artist who engaged in channeling was the early 20th century abstract painter Hilma Ofklint, who was guided by spirit in her compositions of geometric shapes, florid movement, and symbols. In the painting number seven, Adulthood, one of 10 works from her series, The Ten Largest, we are immersed in a composition of bright purple, seeping shades of pink. There are recognizable forms like the bright yellow, quote, reminiscent of a bloom emerging from a bulb. And there are free-flowing forms of varying sizes and stylized letters that unfurl like ribbons. Hilma said, quote, works were painted directly through me without any preliminary drawings and with great force, unquote. Like Nanu, spirituality is a common thread. Again, it is a way to engage their energy and work. Hilmo's works are imagined alternative worlds. Nanu's channeled painting is anchored in objects we see in nature, like the wolf, the tree, the planets, but illuminates, as Nanu says, quote, how fast technology evolves and how hard it is to sit still and slow down to remember we are part of nature, unquote. From this composition, Hickory, Nanu created an NFT for the ARC project to help raise awareness and funds for wildlife conservations. It's the same painting, but in a digital file. Nanu sent me the file, but noted the music was still being created by a music team. When completed, the NFT will be accompanied by music. So think about that for a moment. As we look at this new digital file, or NFT, when it's completed, we'll also be immersed by an audio perspective of the work. In the digital file, the vibrant painting becomes alive for eight seconds. It's just like a video. The surface of the work is activated and animated. The vines actively flow, leaning my eye up and down and around the recognizable objects. The wolf's head, his fur moves like it's being stroked. The bare tree, its inner branches stretch upwards and then recedes. The eye, the singular eye moves up and down. It is mesmerizing. 
The planets rotate in the atmosphere of those horizontal stripes. The one constant, stable part of the composition are of the stripes. They are an anchor to the undulating objects and forms. The experience of the NFT is surreal. Hickory is very personal to Nanu because it was, quote, the first commission after deciding I was going to go full-time as an artist. From an interview at Midwest Fashion Week, Nanu Burks, quote, is the first woman to live paint and create crypto art, as well as one of the first artists to create fashionable crypto art clothing. She is originally from Argentina, relocated to the United States, and has lived a nomadic life since she was 14. At her heart, I think Nanu's work, her artistic process, I mean, it's rooted in one part social activism, and, and this comes from personal experience. She told Voyage Dallas in an interview, quote, In 2002, there was a big financial crisis in Argentina, and my family and I lost all of our life savings, and overnight, it wasn't much to begin with, but we lived a normal, humble life in a small apartment with access to basic needs. She said her mom, a single mother, was left to take care of a house with two kids with nothing. I mean, no job, no shoes, no more access to education, eating ice cream for dinner three times a week because it was the cheapest food around. Nana reveals her family was one of the victims of bank stealing all of our family's savings. Overnight, they ended up in the street. Art was her coping mechanism. The experience, the economic injustice in part in her family, it shaped in her to create, quote, more intentionally. Her art, the creative process of making art, is an, is an avenue for healing for Nanu. She reveals, I had severe depression as early as five years old and I had no idea what to do with my emotions. Creating my own colorful universes was my salvation and my healing. Creative expression is our most powerful tool for self-healing, unquote. On the canvas and within the digital image, Nanu devotes her time to exploring emotions and the broad landscape of her inner life. It explodes onto the canvas through colors and forms and shapes and lines. I myself get completely lost in her work and come out the other side feeling so much more alive. And I do not say that lightly. Experiencing art is seminal in my life because it liberates me from constraints. It knocks out the voices I was surrounded by in my upbringing right into adulthood. And it's fascinating to me how art is where Nanu and I can meet. It is a beautiful space to wait in. I lived very, very traditionally Italian-American Catholic upbringing, roles for women were more limited. I mean, I was encouraged to pursue education, and I did, in a career, but deterred to live more boldly. Choices, even the way you present yourself outwardly was tempered. And art changed all that for me, because many artists, especially women, they turned traditions and patriarchy on its head. They didn't conform Artists like Nanu enliven me. In her expressions, abundant in its vibrancy, what rises for me, as Nanu so eloquently says, quote, 
beauty is important for the sole purpose of play, joy, creation, relaxation. She shows us through her art how to really experience fullness, abundance, whimsy, and opens us up to the ways technologies like color therapy, light and sound waves, and this newer digital experience of the NFT helps us grow. I am so moved by her work and inspired by her artistic life. We've chatted on the phone, exchanged emails and texts. Her love for art, for creating, for the visual expression is just infectious. So please join me now in a lively conversation with Nanu Burks. Hi, my art enthusiasts. Did you know I am an independent creator and the sole woman behind every aspect in creating this podcast series. From research, crafting and editing the content, producing and marking each and every episode. And I am so humbled and grateful in your enthusiasm for my labor of love to engage you with women artists. But you can support me though, so I can continue to grow and expand the series Learn more by going to my website at beyondthepaint.net. Every contribution allows me to keep bringing you fresh perspectives of the contributions of women in the visual arts. I thank you in advance for your generosity. And now back to the show. So Nanu, I want to thank you so much for being on my podcast. I am just thrilled to have you as my guest. For those who know me, I often well up with deep emotions when I step into the space between myself and a work of art, you know, the tangible work. And sometimes works will, they bring me to tears. I don't like prints and other reproductions. For me, they lose their uniqueness, but I did feel very connected with the work Hickory, as I feel sometimes when I look at a painting or a sculpture. And so my question for you is like, why do you think this is so... Um, especially in the NFT form, is it because I'm told the NFT is an original work and I have that in my head or do you think it's something else? I love this question. Yeah, I think that the fact that there's so much weight posted on, on NFTs being the original definitely is a collective paradigm concept that that influences us because even for me, it just feels good. Like I never really was connected to the digital art at all really and had a lot of resistance to it but now to be able to say this is my genesis piece you know it's my very first piece on the blockchain and i've just fallen in love with the technology and and so being able to say things like this is the only original and and playing with the idea the theatrics and the the you know the what is this called like um the art installation performance arts kind of version of hey I painted this painting for three months and I burned it. And now the only original lives on the blockchain. Like that's just so cool and experimental, you know, and I love the performance aspect of it. So I think that's definitely one part of it that is not talked about enough. So that's really brilliant. And then the other part is there are certain pieces that we paint that or create that are channeled and that the energy that shows up to support that process is it's it's unreal. I think Hickory was one of those pieces because it was I I started painting it. It was a, the first painting that I made as a commission piece of art 
after deciding to go full-time artist and never look back. I had been a full-time artist before, but this was the time where I was broke. I had no money. I was sitting in a two-bedroom apartment in Austin, Texas, no idea how I was going to pay my bills, crying. And, and, you know, I said, this is, this is my journey. Like if I don't, if I don't give this a full try with everything in my soul, I'm never going to know. And I rather like, I don't know, go in debt and have to like put this on credit cards than then give up and never find out. So I just remember praying to God. I, I'm not even joking. I was praying to God and I was like, please, like I will commit my entire soul to this, to this journey. Please show me a light. Please give me a sign that I'm meant to do this or I will move on, you know? And so that night I was like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go live paint at this uh, event and I'm going to sell that painting on the spot and I'm going to walk away with a commission. And this is going to be my sign that I'm meant to do this, you know? And that's exactly how I went. I went to sleep. I got up. I went to live paint. I sold a piece on the spot for like, I think like 800 bucks or something. It was a huge piece of art. And a person came up to me and said, I love everything you're about. I want a painting by you. And, um, and I was in like a super flowy state where I was just wanting to, to paint whatever was channeled through me. Um, I was in a really tapped in space with source. And so I, I just, I said that to him. I said, Hey, how do you feel about us having a conversation for 30 minutes and me channeling this piece for you would, would like as medicine, you know, as everything that you need to see for you to heal, for for us to heal. And he was about it, you know. Um, so we had this beautiful conversation. He was going through a lot of life changes. We talked for about 30 minutes. And and after I hung up the phone, I just went into this meditative space and I painted like I, I never have before. It was just one of those things where even like the technique, like I've never painted realistic stuff before. I've never painted a wolf. I've never painted animals. I've always been such an abstract painter. And I've always been really... Um, I've always, I've always felt really, um, that's been an insecurity I've had because my art is so cartoony and, and, and abstract that I would force myself to try to draw realistic, you know, and I always thought that my art wasn't good enough because it wasn't technically, um, elevated, I guess, in that way. Um, but this piece kind of dissolved and broke all of those barriers for me because I said, you know what, I want to enjoy painting this piece. This is, this is, this is important. Like it, it felt like an important moment. Um, I wanted to paint it with love for this person. I felt so honored that this person wanted to pay me thousands of dollars to create something for him. And just so much about it, like everything about it, just, just, it was coming straight from my heart and straight from source. And so I remember closing my eyes and saying, I know what a wolf looks like. I don't need to look at a painting. I don't need to look at a picture and, and try to copy it. I'm going to tell my soul that I know what a wolf looks like. I'm going to tap into that spirit and my hands are going to paint it. And that's how it went. And I learned something new that day. I learned that I don't need to use my mind as a translator and try to figure out with my eyes and try to copy dimensions. I can just tap into the essence of something and my body will know how to paint it. Like that blew my mind. So I was going, I painted this for about a month and a half. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to say, you know, between 8 to 14 hours a day uh, on the floor, on, on, you know, it's a five five foot long piece of art and it's a heavy piece of wood so I was painting it on the floor like laying it on different tables hanging it on the wall painting in all directions you can actually hang this piece in three different directions and it'll make sense in all of those so just the experience I had with this piece was completely transformative and I think it's imprinted with that energy because every single person that looks through my body of work resonates with this piece and everybody wants to like own a own it or like hear about the story and it hits so differently than anything else I've ever made I have to let that just sink in what you just said. I think that's probably what it is because you and I did not talk about this before when I said, you know, I want to, this is what I'm going to highlight in the podcast. You didn't tell me this backstory. I think what's embedded in that painting is what you talked about, that channeled spirituality, whatever that is, that's within the tangibility of all the paint in your brushstrokes. And it's funny, interesting. I didn't realize about the wolf because to me, I mean, he's, well, part of it is because he's larger, but I mean, I found him animated. I found him, there's a personality there. So that's so interesting that you, you have, we were challenged by the fact, well, is it going to look realistic or naturalistic? That is so cool. So you answered my question wonderfully. So you're right. I think it's because it is an original piece because it really is. But in the digitized world is because of you. You've channeled spiritually within yourself, this part of your spirit onto the canvas and it gets translated right there. Very cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for Um, that question. It's like cool to travel down memory lane with that because I could cry. I could cry about that piece. Same. Well, you have me a little bit tears are coming. It's beautiful. Um, in what ways does living uh, a nomadic life, and I did mention that in the, in the show, inform your work? And what does a nomadic life look like? You know, how can folks like me who lived in the same community their whole lives experience aspects of a nomadic life? This is a great question because I, you know, one of the things that a lot of people say to me is, wow, you've lived a crazy life. You know, you've been in all these countries and all this stuff. I could, I could never relate to that. And to me, I've never had a home or a home base. You know, when I was nine, I left, I moved, my, my parents got divorced. I moved to another part of Argentina. I lost all my friends. Three years later, my mom like grabbed me by the hair and dropped me in the US. I didn't know the language. I've been uprooted so many times. My whole life was a mess. And so when I was 13, 14, I started backpacking by myself and taking trips further and further away, like first by bus, by car, running away. And then eventually, you know, my family just understood that I was going to do whatever I wanted to do and needed to do. And so um, by like, you know, 16, 17, I was on the road pretty much full time. I did do um, I did go to university at the same time. And I was very lucky that a professor of mine understood me and she signed off on this very uh, unorthodox um, way where she said, you know, I went to Europe for for like a couple semesters and she basically took over my entire career, my, my college career. And she said, as long as you send me essays about all these places every, every month, I'm going to make it work for you. And she like changed my life. I think she was such an instrumental part of my life. Um, and so, um, but anyway, yes, I've lived this amazing life, but at the same time, when I meet people like you, people that have been in the same place their entire lives, 
I am so mind blown by that in the same way that you might be curious about my version, because the first experience that I ever had as a as a non-nomadic person was when I was living in Austin, Texas. I was there for four years, which is the longest I've been anywhere since I was nine. And I just remember walking by this meadow near my house and 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 just noticing like, oh my God, these flowers have four stages. I've never noticed that before because I've never been anywhere long enough to see nature transmute. And so there's so many parts of life and the environment and just like how the world and nature works that I was missing because I never got to stick around. And so to me, so deeply intriguing when somebody has like marks on the walls in their house and they have a family home with portraits and they have memories in the same town, like that blows my mind. Um, and I've always craved that and I would always wanted that. And so, uh, I don't trade my life for anything. Um, and being nomadic is incredible. The way that it's inspired my art is, I mean, just the colors I've had this experience. I remember standing in the Dead Sea in Israel and looking at the Jordan Valley, just looking at the mountains. And it was the first time that I incorporated this kind of like pastel, um, like light pinks and purples palette into my brain. I just never connected with that before. I feel like I'm from some alien planet that's blue. And so like most most of the things that I paint are like Palladian style, like blue, gold, Egyptian, like my great grandma's Egyptian. So I had a lot of like, you know, like Egyptian vibes, um, metals and rare stones and stuff like that. But I've had so many experiences like that where it, like the Jordan Valley's burn into the inside of my eyelids, you know, and, and I've had so many just tactile experiences too, like literally touching all of these different fabrics that, that, that the women in Bolivia make with their hands. And, um, and then in endless hours of traveling, you know, um, I, I've been in buses for 24 hours, uh, from one side of Colombia to the other. And I was, it was such a free time in my life because I didn't have technology. I didn't have money. I didn't care about anything. I would just get up and walk and ask somebody if I could paint a mural in exchange of housing or food. And I loved it. And, and, and I would do crazy things. Like I was just completely led by intuition. So for example, in Colombia, I lived in this apiary in this farm that had all these bees and the guy, the, the owner was working with bee medicine. So I learned a lot about that. Um, and I, I was getting up at four in the morning and hooking up the, the water cables in the, in the mountains that the cows would disconnect over the night. And I would spend my whole day picking fruit from these trees by myself and dragging these huge bags, um, of arpillera, this like material, these bags through the land and then teaching yoga and then learning about bee medicine. And, you know, that was like a mini life within my life, right? That was like a month. Um, and, and then I would take a 24 hour bus to leave. Um, and if I got to the new place and it didn't feel resonant, I would turn around and get back on that bus and go back 24 hours. Like time was just so warped. So I had all these endless hours of thinking and processing and, 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 you know, in, going, being on a bus through a new country and being able to take in the jungle for hours and hours and hours, that does something like that changes your genetics. It changes your emotions. And, and it's like, you're, you're deeply studying the the scenery for like, 10 hours right and and then you get to a hostel or to somewhere new and you let that render in your brain and in your soul and marinate and then the day that you get to your artwork again the day that I got to put pen and paper or paint or whatever it was my art was completely transformed because I was really living like several lifetimes in one uh, so that's like that's one of the things that I feel like has enriched my work so much because I paint as if I was building texture like most of my art has at least seven layers on it. 
most of my mixed media and my digital art. And I think it's because of that, just hours of looking into the jungle, hours of looking into textiles, hours of looking into different colors of dirt, like like in Argentina, the in Jujuy in the north, the the mountains with 14 horizontal colors. It's it's insane. Or in Arizona, here where I'm now, the mountains here, it looks like Mars. Um, just to be able to look at nature for that long without interruption of screens is a privilege that we do not have today. And to be able to live in a place like Sedona, where I work 17 hours a day with my screens, but then I can walk and sit by the river and be completely alone, naked in nature. That's like the most abundant privilege that I that I could ever ask for, you know. So yeah, just my all my gratitude to nature and everything I've ever done, I owe to nature. <laughs> what you inspire, I think, for people like myself is, first of all, be more with nature, but also have that curious mind around nature. Because you're right. I think we take for granted a lot, especially with the screens. And you, I love what you said before. It's like you were immersed on that bus, just immersed in that nature. It's very interesting. Yeah. And there's nothing else you can do, you know, and at that time with no iPhone and no, like, I think I had something like, I don't, I didn't even have music. I had nothing. So I was just, I was like allergic to technology, which is so funny now that I'm like live off technology and, and make technological money and just all this crazy stuff. True, true. You know, I I like to take a moment to explore another um, NFT. It's a portrait. It's called BTC Girl One Slash One, and it's a, a portrait of a young woman. Um, her face and shoulder have shoulder length hair. It's like swept back, and it's composed of these beautiful curving lines in a variety of color. That's how her face is formed. Her gaze kind of looks above the viewer. And the lines, I mean, they're thick, curved, Diane, they're just beautiful, stunning lines. I think my audience would love to hear more about how you created that NFT. Like what was, tell us a little bit about the process of actually making that NFT. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, BTC Girl is from the BTC OG collection. The BTC OG collection, you know, it's original gangster, right? But we, we, we talk about the people in the crypto art movement that were there before 2019, before kind of like the crypto art movement was more massive and before the NFT bubble, which happened in 2020, 2021. So um, the BTC OG collection is, it was inspired, it was purely out of love for Bitcoin. I just, I found Bitcoin, I found that movement and and I just felt compelled to let everybody know that this existed and that this was an opportunity, a possibility. And so I would. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Paint murals with the Bitcoin B to just to, to spark curiosity in people for them to question what it was because getting in through the technology was kind of limiting and intimidating, but getting in through the art I thought was really accessible. And so BTC girl, it's, it is kind of a self portrait, right? Like it looks, it looks a lot like me. Um, it wasn't really necessarily intentional. And, and it's interesting as a contrast with the other piece, because I was just talking about how challenging it is for me to draw realistic. And this is, this is me copying a photo of myself because I thought it was really important to have the perspective and it is kind of cartoony. It's drawn in this technique called compulsive drawing. Well, at least I call it compulsive drawing. 
and it kind of looks like like moving molecules. If you look at it, it's kind of like a bunch of scribbles, right? It looks like it's it's moving, like it's alive. Um, and she is drawing in the air these Bitcoin signs and these different things. So at that time, I was really curious about VR and AR, but I wasn't technologically savvy enough and I didn't have the connections to explore that world. So for me, her drawing these Bitcoin letters in the air was my closest connection to the kind of like the VR AR world that I could that I could manifest. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that world so badly. Um, it's, it was also an exploration of what it meant because it's a BTC girl, you know, it's not a BTC woman. I'm a 30 year old woman. I'm not a girl. And so at that time I felt like a girl in, in the technology space. I was being definitely um, treated like a girl because it was a heavily male dominated space. And there was a lot of disrespect and objectification. And at, and at the same time I felt like a girl cause I was very new and just learning. I didn't know anything about the space. And so um, it, it was kind of like encompassing that as well. And so this piece was originally a drawing I made by hand. Um, I hosted a crypto art show in Austin um, as, a, as a side event to South by Southwest in 2018. And one of the co-founders of Ethereum uh, saw it and he fell in love with it and he wanted to buy it. So he purchased it for about 14 ETH back then, which is about like $30,000 now or something like that. Like, And uh, at the time, I think it was like 11000 or something. So he purchased that. That was one of my... I think it was like my second or third big, big painting that I've sold like that in the 10th of thousands. And I was just over the moon, like so grateful and that it, it like resonated with him. But then, you know, I felt kind of like this girl has so much to say and this story is so deep for me and it's walking with me that it doesn't feel right to just have this drawing. I, I have the original drawing of it uh, that's on paper. It's like a small paper the painting that the collector bought was a high quality print on canvas that will never be replicated, which is a one of one. And I blew it up to be like, I think almost three feet tall. So this sits in his apartment above his couch, just this huge portrait of this BTC girl. And, uh, but it's still, it felt like she needs, she needs more life. She wants to be seen and heard and she wants to make this point. Right. And so I, I said, how can I keep this how can I do this with integrity? How can I how can I honor her and also honor the collector that has an original piece, right? I don't want to replicate this. And so I decided to make a sculpture. So I um I made a a bioresin block, put I put the picture inside and I was starting, you know, I'm re- I like sculptural mixed media and all this stuff, so I was starting to mess around with resin. And it's it's kind of like it's not poorly made, but it's it's kind of rough. You know, I didn't know how to do these things. I was just experimenting and I kind of love all the imperfections in it. So, um, so yeah, it's a really tiny version. I went from making this like three foot huge piece, a uh, huge portrait to making this eight by eight tiny wood square and the painting, the, the, the block of resin sits in the middle with the, with the painting. And, um, and I've had it for years and so many people have wanted to buy it, but it, it never felt good to let it go. And then recently, you know, that, that's the sculptural, it's part of a, another sculptural collection. Um, and these pieces were selling for about two grand each, these these eight by eights. But I could never let go of her. I, I've sold a lot of other ones in that collection. There were seven of them. I sold six and I kept this one. And And it was perfect timing because with this NFT movement, I wanted to like revive her in a way that it was relevant. And I've been learning about, you know, uh, putting my art in augmented reality as well. So what I did was I minted a one of one um, NFT of this girl. So the, the original image, right, as an NFT. And then I um, I said that it would 
it would when it was purchased it would come with the original piece and i thought that was the end of the story i thought somebody's gonna buy the nft and i'm gonna ship them this tiny a by eight sculpture turns out that the person that purchased it has an incredible story as well she's a badass her mom is a pioneer in the media industry as a woman hollywood director and just she's broken records and women in glass ceilings you know she's destroyed so much of that and the and the collector that purchased it her daughter she also has done incredible waves in the space and we we started talking about what does that mean as a woman in tech and and as a pioneer and so i wanted to go above and beyond you know this this piece sold for almost four thousand dollars i think which is double of what my little eight by eights were selling for and and i just wanted to you know it was one of these pieces that got a lot of bids early on and I could have let it sit there and collect bits and have it sell for, for 20,000, 30,000, whatever. I know it's a piece that a lot of people connect to and that people want. It has longevity and it has history. And so it's worth more because it was made earlier in the Bitcoin history and all this stuff. But it was I connected with her so much and she wanted to have it so much that for me, there wasn't any other home for that piece. And that's more important than the money, you know, like for it to like really speak to somebody and for me to, to connect with them. But I wanted, but but, you know, I wanted her to have the full experience of the story. So sending just the sculpture and having just the NFT didn't feel good enough. So what I did, I actually took this girl to get framed. So she's at the frame makers right now. What I'm doing is I'm creating this kind of plaque trophy system where it's a black mat, the golden wooden piece sits in the middle. There's a couple gold plaques underneath that say, this is you know a historical Bitcoin art piece made in 2017, created as an NFT in 2021. And I'm going to augment it to 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 put it in augmented reality. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the NFT um, video that I made and I'm going to put it as as VR. And so when when this woman comes to pick up this piece in July, she wants to come pick it up in person, which is so cool too, just to connect. Um, that's so dreamy. Um, when she comes to pick it up, I'm going to be able to show her with an iPad that if I scan the physical piece. Um, it brings up the video that that is the the NFT that's online. So it's just like such a it, it now it feels like full circle for me. You know, it feels like it encompasses a whole story, like what crypto art is, how it was born, putting it through NFTs, like putting it onto the blockchain, putting it in augmented reality, and then also being able to meet in person. Which for me, it's like the whole point. You know, to bring technology back to the to the in person space. So it's like a dream project for me. You know, it's one of those things where like I'm spending a bunch of money framing it and like. I'm, I'm leaving money on the table. Um, and it's one of those pieces that I like, I don't know, it just, it's just like such a huge part of my career, you know? And at the same time, it makes complete sense to just like share it this way. It is. And what's f- cool about it is because you call her the BTC girl, new, naive into this part of the art world. And look at this kind of narr- this journey she's going on through you, right? And then the person who commission or uh, she didn't commission it she who's purchasing it it's a trailblazer just like you're referred to as a trailblazer in another medium what you said was marketing or um did you say it was marketing she was a trailblazer the person uh, so many different places yeah law marketing i mean this media so many places her and her mother and and her father as well and i think it's really interesting too that you that means something to you that the purchaser there's you want a certain relationship with that person as you sell that work too. Um, so yeah, that you just brought up some really a deeper meaning of that BTC girl. Look how she's taken on the world, just like you've taken on this crypto art world. That's exactly right. The vulnerable, the innocence, right? Like, yes. yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, man. It was, it was a tough learning, but it was great. And, 
And uh, yeah, and, and connecting with the collectors is a huge part of why I like the NFT movement because mm-hmm. the NFT movement gets rid of galleries and it just, it makes you have, you know, the, you're mostly selling on Twitter, Telegram or um, Clubhouse. It's very organic. There's no marketing for it. Nobody knows how to market this thing. It's, it's very uh, raw. And so if a collector finds you, they message you on Twitter, you have a direct conversation, you get on the phone and, and I, I get to be friends with all these people. It's like, I have genuine connections with them. And it's so much better than to sell it through a gallery. You never know what happened. Never connect with the person because it's it's, a, it's outstanding to have a person connect with something you channeled and want to put money into it and like hold it, like keep it and be the guardian of that art. It's so beautiful. It it really is. Um, I want to thank you so much, Nana, for your time. And as we come to an end of this episode, um, can you share about this new course you're creating around um, crypto crypto art? It's very exciting. Can you share a little more, more about it, please? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, as as the NFT space blows up, blows open, and the crypto art uh, becomes more mainstream, a lot of people have questions. How can we onboard? And and I would love to help every single art artist that I can be their own. You know, have agency over their their branding and their prices, and not have to rely on galleries. So um, I, I was doing Clubhouse every every other day and all this stuff but i can't answer all the questions individually so what i've done is i've collected most of the questions that i've been receiving and we're also putting together um i'm working with my wonderful super talented friend kaylee he's amazing he's producing this and we are going to we're we're doing a, a zoom recorded live screen share so so that we can exactly show artists how to mint their first piece and how to put these on the blockchain um, so yeah, we're creating that and it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. Um, people can find me on, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and and keep posted there. And, and of course they can email me as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nanu, for being on my show it means a lot. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Resources for this podcast are listed alongside all the images discussed at my website at beyondthepaint.net. In the show, I made a comparison between Nanu and the abstract artist Hilma Oth-Klint. I explore her work in process. She was a pioneer in abstraction in the early 20th century, more deeply in episode 89. So if you'd like to learn more about Hilma and to experience her work through the lens of the contemporary artist Laurence Dalvalmy, I put that in the show notes. I do encourage you to go out and explore Nanu's work. Her website is nanuburks.com. She's on Instagram at nanu underscore Burks. Her Twitter handle is nanuburks, all one word. I'm going to put all those links in the podcast show notes. And as she said, in a couple of weeks, there's a course you can also um, get involved with. So thanks so much. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.